didn't uh, comprehend it. So eventually, I think Jesus asked the thing to go. So he asked Jesus, why couldn't I, why couldn't, why didn't you uh, clear the impact? And Jesus said, Jesus said, no, it was your responsibility. I've given you the authority to cast out, and I wasn't going to do it what? For you. And that's what happens to a lot of Christians. That is, uh, God wants to reveal himself. God wants to do things. But we don't exercise the authority that has been given to us. We expect Jesus to do what? Everything. And he gives some scriptural uh, foundation of it. You know, Jesus says something like, <coughs> whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. That kind of prayer is not, is not petitioning God. It's a, kind of, it's a commanding prayer. You bind and you need to get out of here. And we need to begin to exercise our authority in Christ. But make sure before you exercise those kind of authority, you are right with God. Or you won't like the backlash. Is that okay? So we need to pray a lot more. And then we need to focus a lot on God as well. There are great things in store for us. But to be given birth to by prayer. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for all being here. I know it's not easy. <coughs> you know, we, we are tired. I've been awake since 1.30. Can you imagine? No, 1.21. I woke up. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very tired. <laughs> I just try to sleep a little bit uh, between uh, 5 and 6. You know, so we are all tired. But it's good to be tired for Jesus. Because if I'm to fall dead, I'll be happy I was tired for Christ. I wasn't tired because I was looking for money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when we are tired for Christ, thank God it's not every day. But it's worth it. I'm telling you, it is worth it serving God. I believe strongly that when we die, then we will see the veracity and the importance of our serving God. Yeah. We really will never regret it. We rather regret that we didn't give our best to God. Take it from me. You will never regret giving your service to the Lord. So when you are serving, the Lord, don't do it for Pastor John. Do it for yourself and for Christ's sake. Amen. Because there are times it can be tough. There are times it can be challenging and so forth. And all of that. But it's a greatest joy. I was talking to Prophet Hanno and he worked so hard. And I asked him, are you not tired? He said, no. You know what? It's when I'm ministering that I'm most excited. I get all my supernatural strength when I'm ministering. But when the administration comes, it gets to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand that one. That one, I get confused and drained. <laughs> but I can minister every day because I get as if you're infused with supernatural strength and it helps you. So I so said, I'm not alone. Uh, we are on the same page. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. I think um, the kind of training that I want us to have is not so much... Uh, the training that I think we did last year when we did about leading like Christ and so forth. I think I want to see if I can help and get into your mindsets. And uh, the kind of way we think determines everything about our lives. In fact, you can even be very prayerful. If your mind is not correct, you're not going anywhere. You can have a lot of power, but you don't know what to do with the power. Our minds play such a critical and a crucial role, eh? That even unbelievers whose minds are straight are able to achieve more than Christians whose minds are not straight, but they are very spiritual, very prayerful. You know, of course, you will go to heaven and they will go to hell after <coughs> all that they've done. So 
as Christians, we need to combine both. But your mind, I can tell you, your mind is so critical. For instance, let me just share one with you that is so powerful. We all know the scripture, 2 Corinthians, what? Is it 10.5 or 10.5? Where it says that uh, the weapons of our warfare, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Then it talks about what the strongholds is what? What? Imagine what? Nations. The Baptists have renewed the mind. Which means that your imagination eh, can even defeat Satan. <laughs> it's an amazing truth. The way you think can defeat Satan. And the way you think can give access to Satan. Or the way you think can cripple you. For instance, if all of us are here now, if you go to work or you are walking on the street of your neighborhood and you see your neighbor driving a nice car, you have got like the car, I've got the, the Toyota Aris, and your neighbor drives Mercedes-Benz S-Class 350. <laughs> 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 you know that most of us see that we feel what? Inferior. Even when you see the way somebody has drive, you feel inferior. Now, the sad thing is you imagine, material things make people feel very what? Inferior. So you go to somebody's house, big, nice house, everything. When you go to yours, little two by four, something, you feel what? You don't even want to invite anybody to your house. Because you have judged your worth according to your material things. It's in your mind. So you see somebody with a nice car come, you see them, then you feel so what? Little. But you know what, what the worth you are? It's more than the car. But we don't believe that, so we get defeated. So we, we find ourselves striving for some of these things, which you can never get enough of. And you go, people, somebody will always beat you. What are they going to do? I'm telling you, our minds are so powerful. It is so powerful that it can even hinder God in his processes and his dealings with us. And by this, I think we need to learn and impart to our children. Our children can become anything yeah. by the way we train them, their minds. It's in the mind. It's the same thing with us. The way we think of ourselves. You and I can never rise above the way we think as leaders. You must believe that you're a leader. Say, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. You should say it with confidence. You are. So for me, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to be a leader. So what do you want to be? It doesn't make sense. But we think it's humble. It is not. You know. And it's a privilege. It's an honor that we have. And therefore, we have to think a certain way. Because when our thinking changes, our behavior will change automatically. If you try to attempt change behavior and the thinking is wrong, it becomes quite challenging. After some time, you get frustrated and angry and so on and so forth. So, basically, what I feel is that if we can cultivate a culture where our values drives us and our value drives as a culture, we are, we, we are gone. Everything will be wonderful. You know, how many of you know the values? Pledge this. If we can thrive and cultivate that, you don't need any other teaching anymore. So can we create, a, because they'll say this, well, culture trumps strategy. Culture trumps everything. <laughs> I'm just coming from Ghana. You see the culture there. And the culture is very different. The culture is so strong that it invaded Christianity. To the extent that when the right thing ought to be done, they say, you, you don't know, you don't understand. This is how it is in Ghana. That's why it contradicts scripture. I'm talking about Christians. You know, it's, it's a, wow. 
That is the power of what? Culture. To the extent that it is more stronger than the word of God. It's very true. Especially, I'm not sure about uh, amongst white church. But for instance, amongst, like there's a lot of cohabiting in church amongst Christians. And they think it's normal. Yeah. And they think it's normal. It's a cultural thing. How can they be normal? So, they think you are naive. Certain kind of thinking that the people have. They think you, you think you are too what holy, spiritual. And the Bible is there, you know. But the culture has assimilated them. In the same way, it happens here as well. The culture here has assimilated a lot of us. So what I'm trying to say is that culture is so powerful that you do it automatically without what? Even thinking. If we can get our values pledged this, we will not need any more training. And remember, this thing also will flows down to what? The younger ones. Our children must see the way we think, the way we do things. Because it's not just in the classroom that will make them. It's how we live lives before them. In the home, in church, and different things, and so forth. And so, so my prayer is that uh, within a year or two, we are going to be launching our, our goal, those things, and we try, we'll try and push it strong. So within a year to two, we can create a new culture. You know, it takes time to create a new culture. It's not easy. Like you and I know, we have behaviors, and we are very, we are, we are creatures of habit. At times, it's difficult to, to undo things that has been done in our lives, especially when we are adults like this. But thank God that the grace of God is working in our lives. Okay, so let me briefly just talk about uh, some steps that can help us to become the best leader for our team, both as a team, as a church, and a team within your, uh, the context where you have influence. Okay, so I want to say a few things that can help us. And I pray, I really pray that we determine to practice. So for instance, straight away, as we are, you and I are seated here, you know the strongest voice, like it's not my voice. The strongest voice is the voice in your head. Yeah. That is why Jesus will preach and only one third will get it, two thirds will not get it. It's, it's amazing. By the way, do you know a secret about a preacher? Every preacher should pray that their words eh, is like fire. Their words is like a hammer. It's like a surgeon's knife that has the ability to penetrate people's strongholds and do a surgery on them. Because I tell you, people are sitting there, all kinds of what? Strongholds, mindset. And if we cannot use the word of God to transform and change them, we are just pouring water on a rock. So you need God to give you some power. That the words you speak, just the words you speak, like the Bible says, Jesus was speaking as a man with what authority, speaking from above. That's what we need. Even for our children, we need that kind of something. Our words are weighty. And by the way, to get that kind of thing, you must be, you must feed yourself what a lot of things and be imbibed with the Spirit. And, and even as a leader, we need that. Okay, so number one, we must lead by example. If all of us must lead by I must lead by example. I cannot ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do or I will not do. Accountability is essential in leadership. To be accountable. Uh, one of the things I notice as well in uh, Africa is that a lot of the leaders are not accountable. I don't know about you, which you can tell me. The, the leaders 
are very, they're almost like demigods. Mm. The pastor can be doing the wrong thing. You tell him, say, I'm the pastor. What do you mean? Victimize you, yes. And it just baffles you. It just baffles. How can a pastor behave like that? It's so common, eh? <laughs> it's amazing. Every leader must be what? Accountable. You must lead by what? Example. So, for instance, I should ask myself, the way I lead, if my people what? Emulate me, will it be right or wrong? Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. All of us in headship, in whatever, in whatever department, should be able to say that. Follow my example. Hello? So, for instance, if you tell your team something to be there at nine, you have to be there at what? Nine, the first person there. You should be the last person to leave. If you, if you live like that, then you can tell your people that are saying, these are the realities that will make us history makers and life ch what? world changers. These are things we should teach our children. But all the times I'm teaching, I have a lot of eye on our youth and our young people. If I like Malachi and those people to be here. I want them to start learning these things now. We cannot wait. Time is going fast. Yeah. We must lead by example. I must lead by example. Hello? By the way, if I say anything, you want to ask a question, just feel free and just ask a question. Yeah? When we set boundaries, we must, up, um, we must uphold it. When we set boundaries, whatever boundaries you set, I mean, if you know that to lead is not easy. You know? Some form of leadership, dictatorship, leadership, and people who sit on high thrones and they give commands. I'm not talking about that leadership. We and I know that Leadership is influence and it is what servant for us as Christians. You understand? So I'm referring to the context of being we must lead by example. Number two, one of the areas where as leaders we need to improve, including myself, is communication. In fact, we should over communicate. So for instance, some of the people I was talking to are not here. They say they didn't get their thing, they didn't get their time information. You know, I was just reading some article, I think was it today or so. It was saying that uh, for instance, uh, Never rely on even on emails. You must over communicate. Uh, you must over communicate. It is never enough to tell somebody what something what once. You know, I always tell some of the guys, speak to them and then follow up with what WhatsApp and then email or message whatever. You should always do that. And most of the, if I'm to ask, pledge this. Thank God for Chris. You know, having that acronym. Either than that, if I'm to ask, what are our values? You know, but we will not know. We won't forget it. So there's never, you can never over communicate. You must do it. Those of us who raise children will tell you that it's so. You must say it over and over and over and over again till the thing penetrates into the, into the soul of the person. Okay. The burden is on you and I as a leader to share enough details about projects, about tax with your team because your team isn't in your head. Hello? Those of us who are married, married couple, they want the other person to know what is in their head. True or not true? How can the person is not in your head? The person hasn't got an X-ray to see what you were thinking. I said, didn't you know this? How would I know? <laughs> didn't you know that our values are this? I don't know. I think I've communicated it once. So everybody has it. It's a joke. It's a lie. So whatever. So for instance. 
if let's say we are teaching some we want to express our values and people are falling short no problem but we should keep on what re-emphasizing it over and over and over again if you have certain objectives you have certain goals like some your people are always telling that keep on telling them it's not keep on telling it is not you have to keep on what badging them to what so they get it you can never over communicate in fact the one of the major challenges in the world is communication it's a huge <coughs> problem from huge companies to family to even the the uh, what was it again to the uh, micro family if you don't communicate well people don't get it you understand it happens all the time you know like yesterday I told my daughter well, she, she's not well and then I, said, I thought come on go and do your housework when I woke up so I'm not well okay no problem then I saw about two o'clock, she's ready going to play basketball or whatever. I said, my friend, <laughs> you told me you were not well. That little housework you're supposed to do, I'm going to play that basketball. Which one is more energe en energetic? You are not going anywhere. You will learn the hand. <laughs> uh, communication. And then the mother jumped into it. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to let her team down. He said, I'm going to use that. You don't let your team down. <laughs> She's going to let her team down. And, and I, said, I said, look. I called her aside. I said, you should not have told me that. She should have told me. She should have turned to me and said, Daddy. A, B, C, D. So something like that, you whisper it in her ear. <laughs> and she will come and say, Daddy, I'm sorry. I didn't do this, so can you please permit me? But if you do that, she's not going to what? Learn. Well, it's a good lesson. But I like the fact that he said she will let her team down. I pray you don't let CLA Life Center down. <laughs> that even when you are tired and you are weak. <laughs> you know? But it tells because she loves it, she was going. It tells me another lesson as of what you love, you will do. You will kill yourself for it. <laughs> so we should communicate. And then number three, we must trust our team members. Learn to know your team and trust them. Even when you can't see them. I don't know if you know that some people you cannot trust. <laughs> because even adults need to be reminded that they are trusted. Okay, so for instance, uh, I should be able to trust that if Ligi is not here, it has to be a very, very important thing. But if somebody else is not here, I'm not sure. So you have to prove yourself as a leader that you are trusted, that even if you are not at the place, it's because of circumstances beyond what? Your control. You must demonstrate that trust. So for instance, uh, if I ask you to do something and I'm always checking on you, means I don't trust you to execute what? The job. So I have to keep on micromanaging you. You understand? And there's no, you have to get to a place as a leader. You, are, you, you don't need to be micromanaged. Mm -hmm. When you are given a task or a project, you know it is done. It, con it, should, be, it should be considered done. And we are getting there in Jesus' name. Yeah. Because this church is supposed to be a beacon of light. To be a lighthouse. A house of what? That makes a difference. It's not going to happen to our mindset. changes. And by the way, this does not apply only to church. You must practice this in at your workplace. Mm -hmm. You must practice this in our homes. And we can see we can have fantastic things will happen. Mm -hmm. When there's promotion, you'll be the first person that they will come to. Mm -hmm. Even despite what racism. Mm -hmm. Because they know if you are not, the things will collapse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so please, 
we should not we should create an environment where we are not sitting and worrying about our workers at times one of the major challenge i have as a pastor at times you are thinking of the which will which let me this i shouldn't do that at the same time dealing with humans so i have to factor that in but we have to come to a place where i don't have to think like that that you also don't have to think like that concerning your team members you are not thinking that is Ryan going to show up today or not. You are relaxed. Oh, Ryan is there. Even when I'm late, I know it is sorted out. We have to get to that place. These are all mindsets that I believe and I trust that uh, we can develop. We must trust that what they are, what they say they are. And then rather we should look for results from them. We should just trust them. I, I believe that strongly that if I delegate something to you, I want results. I'm not coming and Michael and tell you how to do it. I expect you to what? To think it through and do it. But one of the things that for you to help people to develop is when they come to you with a problem, you must ask them to come with three solutions before they come to you. Also, if we train our children like this, they'll be fantastic. By the time they are eating, they'll be serious. That they don't always come and present to you the problem, but they have what? Answers to it. Say this and this and this, I've thought, thought. Then you can add your bit. If there's no need, then you carry on. So... Um, let's grow in trust, you know. And of course, trust is end. You cannot demand trust. I cannot demand trust. Trust must be end. The way you we relate to one another, we'll know whether we can trust one another or not. The other thing is that, please, these things, we need to practice them. I know it's not going to be an overnight thing, but we need to challenge one another on the basis of what our values. So, for instance, if my sister Janet is behaving in some way, maybe... What is one of the values I will use? Leslie love. And you are not getting on with Chris. And you say, I'm not going to talk to Chris. I say, but that is not right. Because part of our values is that you are supposed to love. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You know. <laughs> so you must break through. You know, one of the things, you know one of the things about leadership is to confront. Yeah. Uh, but we're so afraid. We all don't like confrontation. Hello. I know one pastor, a big pastor, he doesn't like it one bit. So he will just maneuver. <laughs> but part of leadership is that, it's, it's like this, your children are doing something wrong, you don't want to confront them. If you leave that child, you know what you're doing, you're telling that child, I want this child's life to be what? To be ruined. So at times when people are not confronting you, when you are doing something wrong, the person is what? Condemning you to what? Distraction. And especially when you are confronted and you put up what? Defensive, defense, defensiveness and so forth. Okay. My friend advised when I was in Ghana, he said, say, John, I give you one very important advice. I said, what? <laughs> he said, don't give unsolicited advice. I've, I've been giving too many unsolicited advice. I said, thank you. Since then, I'm changing. I'm not giving unsolicited advice. Because when you give unsolicited advice, you become an enemy of you to the person that you are trying to advise. <laughs> Even when the fool keeps his mouth, is considered wise. The only time I have to give my word, cancel whether you like it or not, is when the thing affects all of us. That one, you have no choice. You have to. <laughs> but other than that, don't go around giving unsolicited advice. Other than that, you cause so many unnecessary hatred and resentment from people. You understand what I'm saying? It's advice I took because it confirmed something to me. I said, thank you. I wrote it there. It's here. Don't give unsolicited advice. Unless you are my friend, anytime I give advice, you take it. Then it's different. Other than that, you just observe. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
those of us who like talking, put the zip there, you just watch. If the person comes to you, then it's a different ballgame. So it's good to ask for advice. It's good to, to go to people and ask them. You know, I think when I was asked my brother, what do you really think of me? What, what do you observe about me after knowing me? He said, you have people who ask those questions. Who will tell you the truth will not lie to you? And I said, yeah, this. And then he gave me the advice. Uh, <laughs> 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 I said, thank you. I salute you for telling me it's gold. I'm happy. I thought you two asked me, what I want you. <laughs> he didn't attempt it at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is what I'm advising you. Mm. Because I'm thinking of something. I think the Wednesday before I left here, I gave you a bit of advice. I said, if you don't want to get and have what? If you don't want your life to be complicated and complex, mm -hmm. eh? listen to advice. Mm -hmm. If you don't want a very complicated, complex life, I beg you, listen to advice. Do you know how I can tell you? Look at children. Yeah. You tell your child, you don't want complicated life. You don't, when you are 20, everything is okay. You don't want complex life. Where this boyfriend is coming from, where this girlfriend is coming from, and this, and the money issue, and all of that. I beg you, just listen to your parents and listen to advice. Even if you don't understand. Never forget this. If you don't want complicated, complex lives. Some of us, if we look back, if we are listening to our parents, our lives may be even a bit better than our true or not true. Don't shout too much. <laughs> but if you like watch, observe. Children who don't listen to their parents, see how they get complicated, complex lives outside them. Because they won't listen. It's a very simple advice. If you, the book of Proverbs is all about that. My son, my, listen to advice, listen to counsel, and your life will be better or you will prosper. You know, all the complications of our life, God, we don't listen to advice. So, as leaders, we should listen to advice. If I come to you and say, Legion, I think this attitude is not healthy. Don't fight me. Listen, because that advice will take you what? Five. And please, not every advice that we hear that we want to hear. All of us, there are things people will tell us, we, it's not pleasant, but it is good for us. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And dangerous are the cases of what? Your enemy. So, number three, number four, three, four. Know how to delegate. This is very important. Because as we grow as a church, one of the major things we need to do as leaders, you have to delegate. For instance, I was away, and Covenant and Harold were able to hold the fort. That's the art of delegation. If you have not letting them preach and do things, they never have to bring preachers over all the time, and they will be paying them. Is that not so? A lot of pastors go, nobody preaches from the church, because everything is all about what? Them. So when they are abroad, they have to bring what? Lots of what? Guests, ministers to stand in. It's not healthy. We must, you must learn how to delegate. Like within two years' time, you should be a guy just sipping your pina colada whilst the people are doing the sound. <laughs> yeah. You should believe God and trust God that you raise more leaders. We should all do that. Seriously, learn to delegate. Don't do everything yourself. Hmm? Learn to do that. All of this applies to our children as well. Don't do everything for our children. Let them do it. Let them make mistakes. It's better. 
than to just stand in and do things for people. We should delegate. Because when you delegate, then you can focus on the things only you can do and do it very well. Yeah. If I delegate, you know, if I'm able to delegate, if, assuming I was doing administration, eh, I tell you, I'll be a madman. Even though I do a little bit still, you know, of course, there's any, you can never avoid it. It's part and parcel of the job anyway. But to do things can just make you crazy. Because I have to do what only I can do and can do it effectively. You know, at times a team doesn't grow, a family doesn't grow and develop because one person is doing what? Everything. There's no way the chair can grow if everything is dependent upon me or upon somebody. It won't work. So we must learn how, how do we delegate. It means that if we don't have anybody, we should recruit and what? Train them, and then what? Delegate to them. Delegate the things. Two ways to delegate. Delegate the things, quote unquote, that you hate. Hmm, that sounds strange to you. <laughs> yes, you might delegate the thing you hate. Huh? And delegate the things that anyone in the team can do it. So if Kojo can do something, I can do. Why should I do it? I should give it to Kojo to do. So the other way to know how to delegate is if there's somebody on the team who can do what you think you should do, delegate it to them to do it. And then you focus on the thing that what only you can do very, very well. The art of delegation is vital because it's always what? A team that makes the dream work. One person cannot what? Do it alone. And then, this is a very important one. <laughs> Make relationship a top priority. Make relationship a top priority. You, must, you and I must be deliberate about building relationships. Because, you see, everything is undergathered. We can function very well. Huh? But if our relationship is not healthy, the slightest, what, a cannonball will throw the whole ship into this area. So, for instance, I look at some church, and the one person alone is holding the church. If that person is not there, the church will collapse. Because all the people around the leader, all of them have got their own, what, Agenda. So if it's not there, you can imagine the chaos that will ensue. So we must build, it's like once again, it's like relationship. If my relationship with you is just purely functional, and some of us are quite one of my weaknesses for me that I'm very functional, extremely functional in my, in my disposition, which means I have to therefore what? Go the extra mile and try and build what? Relationships. Because Relationship is the glue that holds everything together. Can you imagine uh, friendship or a marriage where everything is based on function? And we pay the bills. You do take the children to school. It's very functional. You find out that the relationship is not sweet. That's why people are functioning. There's not rare joy. There's not a connection. Even you can find teams, you know, football, basketball, whatever, where the team is very relational and they have very little skill and talent. They excel more than those with lots of skills, and they are not relating in a healthy way. It means that all of us, I don't know how, it's very difficult to do this in the 21st century, because our lives are so what? Taken, especially those of you with young families. It's not easy at all. <laughs> so the question, <laughs> the question is, how do we build this? Now these are where we will need your we will need ideas. Hannah, is it Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording my. <laughs> uh, 
this is very, very important. We must seek to relate to one another. At least, maybe in future, is what people don't like is the organizing relationship. People want things to happen what? Organically. What is, it's a kite 22. <laughs> the things don't happen organically, so what do you do? <laughs> it was happening organically, and then there's no need to organize it. So, we organize it. The chicken and the hen, which come first? So, it is both. <laughs> I think as time goes on, we need to do that. That once a month, maybe, we, different people invite different people home. I didn't get any good amen over there, you see? It's tough. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go home. <laughs> Sleep. Because, because Pharaoh has given you a lot of whips from Monday to Friday. He has stripped you proper over time and you are tired and you just want to sleep. You don't want anybody to disturb you. <laughs> All of us, eh? Sunday when I go, I just relax with my shorts. I just watch, I catch up with much of the day. I don't want to <laughs> I watch the football much of the day. It's called much of the day. I just switch it on. I'm watching for one hour. Uh, don't switch my phone off. <laughs> uh, but if we want to be strong, healthy church, at least at the leadership level, we can't. We can't have. Thank God for live groups. But the live groups is for the people you are saying. But for us, amongst ourselves, it needs to exist. I'm telling you. It doesn't mean the church cannot go on without that. But the church will be more healthy. And more stronger, and the devil find it hard to fight us. So that is something practically we need to maybe. And I think when I, I made some of the leader, we have to implement it. Just once a month, or even if it's one six weeks, you know how many times of that is in a year? Where three or four meet, you go home, chat, you know about life. It all helps. Seriously, it does because the, even with God, God does not like us functioning for Him if we don't relate well with Him. God is more interested in how we relate to him as a father before even we go and do ministry and do etc. etc. So, please, let us. And part of also adding value in our relationship is saying thank you often. And appreciating people a lot. At times, this is challenging at times for, for the pastor because as soon as you mention one, you have to mention what? Everybody. So if you don't, so what about me? I beg you, it's not a good attitude to have. <laughs> you are appreciative. I just happened that I'm appreciating Liji for today. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And at times, nobody sees the good that you, especially if your work is behind the scenes. And nobody really sees you. You can, if you're not careful, you feel taken for granted and you. But please don't let, allow an attitude of resentment to build up because it's not healthy. It will, it will, it will ruin you eventually. You know, but one of the things to say thank you a lot. So the question is, do we say thank you enough to our team members or not? And you can say thank you 50,000 times a day. You don't say, but I told you thank you. I said thank you. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it's always good to say thank you. I have noticed that people who say thank you want to do more for them. And people don't say thank you. You put it in your head next time. It's true. Do you know that even, oh, but that is not right. Let's take Jesus himself. When he healed the ten lepers, only one what? Returned to give what? Thanks. Then Jesus asked, like, where are the other? Didn't I heal ten of you? Why is it that even this unbeliever is the one coming? The non-Jew. And Jesus said, you are made whole. It means that that man got double. The rest, they got a half blessing. It's good to say thank you. 
look, we have to develop an attitude of gratitude. Please not just, well, I'm teaching is not just applying to church. It applies to every area. If you like, go tomorrow to work and say thank you to your colleagues. If they do something, say thank you. They say thank you. You see how they, will, you, they begin to appreciate you and your relationship will go higher. And uh, yeah. So say thank you a lot. Don't say this boss is a very harsh man. Is this, that's, at least if he does something, don't say thank you for thank you's sake. Find a reason to say thank you. Mm. We live in such an ungrateful world. Eh? It's unbelievable. I'm saying thank you all the time. Then people say, oh, I'd rather you say thank I say, no, me, I'm the one, the one saying thank you. Then I will follow it up even with a text or WhatsApp, strong thank you note. You practice it. Because the others who didn't say thank you, you think you next time if we are approaching that person, who will he listen to more? Me. Hello? So develop that. We should develop that amongst ourselves. I think once you say it over the pulpit, everybody does it. Then the next week, everybody is forgotten. No problem. We have to over what? Communicate till it becomes endemic to in the family. We should teach our children to say thank you. Yeah. When they are eating, the mother or the daddy should whisper to the child, go and say thank you to mommy for cooking the food. Go and say thank you to daddy for bringing the money to cook the food. Yes. Don't take anything for granted. Hello. If we do that, can we imagine the beauty and the presence of, of God that will be amongst us. Because at the time when we are working, we are so uptight that we get so angry and upset. Mm. I get him. So by the time all the joy is lost, especially with the situation in our church where you have to pack and unpack every Sunday and you know, out. There's one church we listen to. I don't remember if you, if you, if you remember. I played it uh, by uh, the guy is in Hawaii. Forgotten his name. Yes, he's got a church over 20 or 16,000. Every Sunday they pack and unpack. Can you imagine? Packing the tender houses, that amount of people. Even Hillsong, when they were at that place, was it again? Yes. And they are happy doing it. So it is not strange. What we are doing here is not strange. Even big, huge churches, they go through all of that. So we should not allow, we should, we should feel a sense of gratitude that I am serving. For me, I find it's a pleasure when I come and teach you. You have no idea. I thank God. Immediately I get on my knees. Thank you, Jesus, for opportunity to talk to your people. You didn't have to pick me. Yes. So when, whatever you are doing, it's a privilege, Christine, for you to sing. Stand there and sing and lead God's people into God's presence. Don't take it for granted at all. Say, Father, I thank you. You thank the church. Thank you for giving me the privilege for leading you into God's presence. What an honor. Oh, yes. Teaching the children. Whoa. Having influence on children. Mm. You should thank God you have that, that grace to be able to do that. Ashrin, whatever department. We have to develop that. I know it's not going to be 100%. There are times that we feel down and so forth. It's normal. But the majority of the inclination should be one of what? Gratitude and what? An attitude of thankfulness. The other point is this. But when you say thank you and appreciate people, please mean it. Don't do it because you feel obligated or you feel guilty. So let's say I say thank you to Luigi Luigi. Then when I look at some faces, it's not nice. So... <laughs> When you go, Karim, thank you, thank you for. You see, I, it's coming from. <laughs> Don't do that. Is that please? <laughs> mean it. When you say thank you, really what? Mean it. And then next point, make yourself visible. Do not overlook the importance of face-to-face -face meetings, from time to time. Hello. 
Yes, I don't even know. I've not written. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Communication. <laughs> Do you know that most people? Okay. 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 <laughs> you want me to count it? Okay. I will count it. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's seven. So make yourself what? Visible. Some people like face-to-face meetings. Me, I like face-to-face meetings. What I hate is text. <laughs> when I got the text from you, and then I nearly did not bring you your thing. Why are you texting me for? I'm the, I'm, you are sending me from Ghana to bring you something. And you, I'm your person that you are texting me that somebody is going to bring something. <laughs> I said, I've told him over and over again, call, WhatsApp. It's not going to cost you anything. Call. Brother John. <laughs> I need something. No, because she's going to bring it. Can you please bring it? Yes. I don't like texting and WhatsApp. You call me first. And then if you don't get me, follow it up with that. I believe in human connection. Because I've seen the damage it has done in some of our relationships. I'm not even talking here. I'm talking about higher level. Where everything is done so formal. Why? After some time, you get, you get cheesed off. <laughs> then you see so many things. I say, my friend, why, why, why? I want to come out, but I can't come out. <laughs> there are some of them you want to come, you can't do. You have to remember. You can't come out. <laughs> you are sending something. You said you are a leadership team. And you are sending something to, let's say, Chris on leadership. Why do you have to send the whole thing to all of us? And waste my time for me to see it. I don't need that. Just send it to him privately. And he just already we are stressed. We don't need additional one unnecessarily. <laughs> but we need, in spite of this, we need personal what? Connection. We need face-to-face connection. Hallelujah. Hmm? How can you make love to your wife by what? Text. <laughs> or WhatsApp. Can you? How would have you tried it before? <laughs> it has to be physical connection. <laughs> For the thing to work. <laughs> yeah. So from time to time, we need physical connection. <laughs> we need to face-to-face meetings. Because a lot of people hunger for personal connection. And work is no exception. We need to have that. Like we are having that. You need that. We all need that. The society has become so what? What, what, what is the term? You, the uh, social media expert. The world has become so disconnected through social media. Everybody is saying what they had for what? Breakfast, conflicts. <laughs> but there's no personal what? Connection. Even has husband and wife, they are communicating by Facebook and WhatsApp. I'm downstairs. Hello, are you? <laughs> but, but make your company enjoyable, please. I said, well, make your company what? Enjoyable. Some companies is not enjoyable. You do it, you do it uh, under obligation. Do you know it's, it's nice? Just make yourself pleasant that when you are around, everybody is happy. You know, it's good to be nice around. Hello? Look, this is matter. 
This is you can you can replace it with prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you don't. Be pleasant. Yeah. Be likable. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that when people are picking, people pick you because they like you, they favor you because they like you. So make yourself likable. When you are in a, when you are in a, make yourself likable. Yeah. Make people want to like you by being pleasant. Just be pleasant and nice. It's in the Bible. Hello? He that is friendly shall have many what? Friends. The person wants friends, but their face is always not welcoming. I see it changing in Jesus' name. Yes. You're welcoming. If somebody happened to visit you unannounced, don't open the door halfway and show in your face that, why are you here? <laughs> so why? <laughs> what a strange no. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no. So, oh, hello, I wasn't expecting you. What is it? Come on, come, 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 come. Even if you don't know, pretend. Hello, you heard what I said. Even if you don't like it, pretend. I'm, you see, you see, it's like it's not a lie. I'm telling you, at times you have to fake it till you make it. <laughs> uh, it's true, very true. I was talking to somebody, one lady, a good friend of mine. So I was asking her, we were chatting, chat. I said, "How is it with your husband in the in the in that business?" She said, "Oh, me, I don't like that too. I don't like." That. I said, "I said." Then your husband will go behind you. He said, no, I fake it. <laughs> I'm telling you stories. You don't know what goes on in the forest. <laughs> I said, what? So this, then I gave you unsolicited advice. <laughs> I said, please, can you go and see a counselor? No, I don't need any counselor. I'm okay. I said, but you are faking it. He said, yes. But I said, but it's psychological. It's mental. He said, no, I don't need it. So, see, I shouldn't have given unsolicited advice. I just have kept quiet. I said, no. <laughs> so, at times, <laughs> just be nice. That's all. Even, it's not everything that is going to follow proper party. Life is not like that, please. Life is never like that. So at times things happen, so just flow. And just be nice, just be welcoming and so forth. Just come tell the person, relax. And your last food, don't hide the food. Bring it out. <laughs> oh, I'm just about to eat. I'm just about to have my last. And this person is just showing up. Share <laughs> it. Don't hide it. Put it on the table, that's all. <laughs> Enjoy it. It's a surprise. Let me go hide the food. <laughs> don't do that. It's more of a blessing to give than to receive. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, next point. Please let life happen. Don't forget that your workers are people as well, and life happens. And that's what happens at the last. So if somebody is going through something, bear that in mind. I hope you understand. They have two little children, so they can't make it to the meeting. Let them be. It's life. Don't put their gun to their head. <laughs> Hello? Yes, yeah. Your time's coming. I want to come early. I said, no, you have to let life. You have to go to work and get money for your family. So go, no problem. If there's no Wednesday, there's no service. We'll manage. 
You understand? You have to bear all these things in mind. At times, circumstances happen beyond people's control. Don't become so rigid that you are not at the meeting, so I'm not giving you minus one. You, know, kind of <laughs> you have to bear in mind that we are human. One day you yourself, eh, you need mercy. So when you are dealing with people, be very generous with people. You understand? Because challenges happen. Things happen in our personal life. Okay? Maybe they, they, when they wake up, he had a tough fight with the wife. And he doesn't want to come to church. <laughs> doesn't want to preach. <laughs> they say, oh, you're not a man. You two are wrong. No, please, take it easy. You've never been there. <laughs> That's what we call life is happening. Yeah. People say, oh, don't worry. It'll be okay. Shall be well. Amen? Amen? Yes. We are talking about leader. This mindset I want us to have as we lead. It doesn't mean that you're always saying that your wife is slapping you every day. Every day, every day you are saying, my wife, my, please. That cannot be. It means that you need deliverance when it's every day. You once in a while, that's okay. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yes, okay. Last point. Then maybe I'll save it and then we'll close. I pray and hope that what I'm saying is getting into us. I know I will not fool my think that it will happen in a what? Overnight. It's something we need to keep on what? Reinforcing over and over again. Help your, your team members to become better stewards. Amen. One of our goals is what? One of our values was stewardship. The ability to manage your skills, abilities, whatever role that is given to you. Please teach your team to solve problems. Like I've said, when somebody is coming to you for a challenge, to help them, because some of us are quick to give answers too fast. Don't do that. Even if you're children, don't give answers too fast. Let train the, the, the child to think for themselves. Yeah. So when my child does, I say, what do you think you should do? I don't know. I hate that statement. So don't, what do you mean you don't know? Don't think like that. You are a God's creature. Think about it. It will come to you. You have, you've been praying for God for wisdom. So think. It's better to think and get the wrong answer than to start with that, I don't know. Don't do that. All the problems we have in our department, there's a solution. In the ashram, in the whatever, sound, there's always answers. Only you have not, by the way, can I tell you something? I don't know how many of you sit down or lie in bed and think. You should do that. If you don't do that, then your life, you should think, you should just lie down and think. A time for one hour. Think. Don't, no noise. No, just silence. And just think how to solve problems. That is a skill a lot of people don't develop. You have to think. It will surprise you how your brain will generate creativity to shock you. Oh, yes. Because everybody is creative. We are created in the image of God. But we don't give space and time to think. You say, how do I solve this? How do I solve this? There's always an answer. You pray Holy Ghost, how do I? Then you ask yourself questions. You think you need to ask yourself questions. If this happened, what if? Nah, then you ask yourself, if that happened, what do you? You just, and then to surprise you, the answers will drop. Especially when you do it at night and then you go to sleep, you get dreams, the things will come to you. Your brain, your spirit will pick up answers. So, when we are dealing, we should help them to become good stewards. We should always give them the what the uh, give them the room and the atmosphere to be able to 
generate what answers to challenge life. For instance, you know the four things I say: see it, what, own it, what, solve it, and what, do it. If you see it, if something is not right, you know we face we face a few challenges in the last two three months. Of some uh, some of this and that is not very 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 good. If there's a problem, solve it. Hello. Like one of our days in gone missing, we don't know where it is. Uh, immediately the Sunday got missing, it should have been noticed, or even if not the following Sunday, it should have been noticed. So how do I solve this so it doesn't happen again? If you don't think like that, everything will go missing. Oh, please. You should always think how to improve, how to make things better. I cannot wait to see that ugly thing we've been using for the last 10 years. You know the, uh, our sign when people are coming in. It demeans are so ugly, man. Ten years, is there? We should do a new one first. I think we should do one even before the final. It's so ugly, man. What is this? Small, small little church. Even I go smaller, they've got even nicer things. Uh, and some, when you see it, you should be getting angry. Uh, anytime you are putting this, what is this? <laughs> like they ask God, what is this? The man, what is this? <laughs> and you go and tell whoever is in charge, please, can we get a new one? And then we need the banner outside. Mm. Mm. What are we collecting the offering for? <laughs> Is it to sit on the money? No. Spend money. Mm. Yeah. Cause just sit. And it all, when people come and say, it's me, they'll say, ah, this pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you think they'll call you, it's me? It's me, this pastor. Ah. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's my team, you know, they're not playing the ball with me. I can't, you want me to do, I can't do everything. It's not possible you do will fail. It's you who is coming to me, no, Pastor John, we need to spend 1,000 pounds on this. And I say, take it easy. <laughs> but you see, you are not even coming to us, let's spend 50 pounds even. <laughs> we need to solve problems. Mm? Tell people, don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. Because we are world changers, history makers. You can't imagine, small answer, do you know what God can do with us if you're on this kind of page? Oh, I'm telling you. The whole London and England will be begging to come and say, yes, it can happen. We have to put our minds to it. I'm sure the things that Harold and Kwame have taught, so long as some of this, like how to work and serve in the house of the Lord. Yeah. That's all I have for now. Any questions? Before we... Any questions on anything concerning leadership? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You should know who you go for advice. You should go to the wise. You go for people who will, who will tell you the truth. You should go for a wise person. If I want advice, I'll go for a wise person. Not just anybody. Somebody who, generally speaking, they are more insightful than I am. And I do that a lot. Even at times, things I know already. When I'm sitting down with people who I think they are very smart, I'll ask them the question. I'll ask them. Obvious answer. I just want to hear to confirm what I know or not. Or to add something more to it. So that's what I do. And at times, when I'm speaking to people, they are advising me, but it's indirect. I can tell some of the things I do, you will not believe that I do. 
when I'm talking to you and we are saying very wise and so I say, hold it. Then I put my thing on record. Can you say it again? <laughs> yes, that's how I am. Because I might forget what you tell. So when I go back, I'll play it back again and it gets into me. So I, I, I think it's, um, you must look for a, a wise person. And then when people also give you advice, okay, you must filter it through what? The scriptures. Or sadly, if you don't know the scriptures, then you're going to have trouble. You should filter whatever counsel is given to you through the scriptures. And at times, oh, yeah. So what I would say that find wise. Everybody should have a wise person in their circle of influence. You should somebody wiser than you and smarter than you in your life. I've got quite a few, at least two. Oh, yes. Smarter and wiser than I am. Very insightful. Some of them are so extremely insightful. It just amazes you. When they are talking, you just get bamboozled. My goodness me. Where is this thing coming from? And they are very sharp. Their mind, I don't know how they develop. Very, very sharp, you know. <laughs> Pinpoint accuracy. It's amazing. And when I'm in their behavior, I say, I don't know what. Nothing. I'm a student. Mm. One of them, you now led them to Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But I think you should have wise people that you ask advice for. Bible, and on top of Bible saying the multitude of what? Counselors, there is safety. So you ask this, you ask, you ask, then you know that what is confirming. Because at times we are not careful. The advice we want, we want to hear what we want to hear each in years. So at times we don't go to the person who will tell us it's straight. At times, it's not easy. You also have to create the environment for you to be told straight. Like I said, I've learned my lesson. Unsolicited advice. I'm very careful. I get it. So, so that's why we are, we are like, even my wife, I have to give her, I don't have to give her unsolicited advice. <laughs> I'm serious. Just to create other and I become an enemy. <laughs> I don't want that, you know, then there are problems. You know, so we just flow. <laughs> but if you ask, John, can you tell me your honest opinion? What you think? Some people are afraid to do that. I don't know why. Insecurity. Okay. Why? I'm not afraid. Tell me. I say this. Maybe I've developed crocodile skin and kind of thing. So, just shoot. <laughs> and I'm very grateful when they tell me because it is rare to get people to tell you the honest truth. I think during my brother's when I was getting irritated with so many things. Can I ask like, God get angry? You are nonsense. That's all. My brother said. I was advising me. You must watch your temper. You get angry a bit too fast. I said, eh, okay. Me myself, I've noticed it. <laughs> I said, thank you. Thank you for telling me. Thank you. you did not shoot that coat and just go. No, some people are coming to give you. They just go round, round. By the time they finish, no, you don't know what they've said. <laughs> Hit me straight with it. I said, thank you. And it strengthens our bond in our relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. One mother, right? So how would you advise us to respond if we are holding somebody accountable in love, but they are very resistant to to it? <laughs> That's a difficult one. By the way, it seems you've lost weight. That's what I was telling me. Uh, yeah, that uh, juicing. I think the, the 21 days I'm going to do juicing fast. <laughs> <laughs> This must go. <laughs> <laughs> when we were, I went to sew some clothes, I answered the question, and then <laughs> I wanted it to be tight and nice. 
about this place. So you know what the person told me? <laughs> Prophet Anon said, I hate big bellies. <laughs> it doesn't look like I don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't look like Okay, thank you very much for telling me. But next year it will not be there. <laughs> yeah, I think um, <laughs> it is very, very difficult to deal with somebody who, does, who is resistance to holding them to account. If you carry on, you to destroy the relationship. You just have to back off and leave them to God. So if, for instance, if I'm trying to hold you to account, any time I try and do that, there's a backlash and so forth, it's advisable for me not to, to do it, to maintain the relationship. Because if I carry on, the relationship will, will be damaged. So that's what our advice. So it's the onus is on the individual to create receptivity. As long as you see, if let's say you're advising Harold, you want the best for him. So why should he fight you? You want the best, he wants, she wants the best way. So if she's telling you, she's not putting you now. So I don't know why we should resist. When you say she doesn't like the belly, I say, well, this one is money. <laughs> I say, you, the, all the men, uh, uh, African, big belly means they got money, isn't it? So I made fun of it. I said, okay, don't worry, it will go by God's grace. You know, so. Would it be, would it be different if what you're holding your brothers just accountable to affect? Of Christ, yes. Okay, okay, okay. In that dimension, when it gets to that, after one or two, three, the person doesn't. You have to remove them. Yes. No, not physically. No. <laughs> you have to take them off that position because, and some people are afraid to do that. Unless God tells you leave them there. So what some pastors do is this: some pastors don't like this kind of confrontation, so they will leave you there, but then they'll go around you and get this guy to you, and then they just you become redundant. Then you'll be wondering what's going on. Why are you not telling me anything? They don't care. Some people use that methodology. I get it. So um, what I've said is this. The, the person needs to be removed. Is that glass cracked? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I've never seen Okay. Mm. Yeah, so God, the owners, let's say one of your children is in a position of responsibility in the house. And you keep on, he's not, or she or she is not changing. You have to remove them. Because if you don't remove them, it's affecting the whole family. There's always chaos. Yeah. So you have to tell, look, I love you. It is nothing personal. I love you. The love will still be the same, but you need to leave this. Somebody else needs to take that position. You have to do it nicely, not in, a, not in an unhealthy way. Yeah, there are times you need to remove people. It's one of the most difficult things to do as a leader. It is not easy at all. Hey, you need a lot of courage. <laughs> Lots of it to confront issues like that. But before you do that, you should make sure that you have tried over and over again to help the person be in the right place. Yeah, but it's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy. Some people don't have the courage at all to do it. Because I know certain places, certain churches, some people are in position they should have been removed long ago. But the pastor lacks the courage, and the thing is so that the person is spoiling the soup. <laughs> But, uh, look, it's God's kingdom, you see. And as a leader, you have a responsibility to the whole team. Because it just takes one person to take us all down, you know that. Just take one among us to take us all of us down. Yeah. So you have to be very careful. You know, so I think <coughs> you need to advise after one, two, three, the person is not really. And you need to find out why the person, that is the case. Because I know that because they are rebellious. But life is just issues in their life. So even if you remove them, you don't abandon them. If it is deliverance they need, you work on it to help them. 
Our aim should always be, if the person is rebellious, that one day you shouldn't even take you two minutes to kick them out. But, oh yes, that one, look, rebellion, you should entertain rebellion for even what? Even a minute. Rebellion, if you entertain it, <laughs> you are inviting Satan himself to come in. <laughs> yeah, but if you're dealing with people's weaknesses and so forth, then you have to have a large extra, extra uh, my heart, yes. But we don't entertain rebellion in your children, in any form or shape at all. Because if you do, you are creating mayhem for them and for the whole family. Yeah. So, any more questions before we go? So, I trust that this little thing that we've learned. I know usually when people are tired like this, it's difficult to, but I believe the Holy Ghost will remind you of these things. And the reason why we're doing it on Sundays is that last year, Wednesdays, was difficult for some of you, your family and all of that. So, he said, look, let's kill two bears with one stone. We do it periodically for, I think, is it three times in a year? Yeah, then that is it. And then it, it helps us to be on the same page. And the more we communicate and we fellowship, the better it is for us as a church. Amen. Amen. Okay. If you meet the person, mm-hmm. You should go the extra mile and, and uh, let the person know you love them, whatever will make them feel. So, for instance, if it is like that, I'll visit them at home and talk to them and uh, let them know that I, I love them, I care for them, and so forth. You, I, you have to do that. You tried all that. Right? You tried all that. <laughs> <laughs> and the person is not taking it. You can't do What can you do? The Bible says, if it is within your power, live peaceably with all men. So, you've done all that is in your power. The person is not free. You can't do anything. Leave them to God. You can't be chasing them all the time. You do this, and then you just leave them to God. You can't, you can't do anything more. Look, we are not God. We are not the Holy Ghost. So we do what we can, and there are certain things you just leave it to God. Yeah, yeah, you, can't, we can't, you and I cannot change people. We can only appeal to let the person know that. I have faced a lot of it in as a pastor so many times. You know, so it's part of life. Yes. No more questions, and then uh, it doesn't have to be on what I've thought. It can be anything on leaders as a, as a church. Some of the e- where you think you need clarity, you need, and especially you, the young ones here, you should be asking lots of questions. One of the ways to go and develop is ask questions anyway. Yeah, like I've said, even obvious questions, ask them. It helps you. Okay, shall we stand? <coughs> you see, we finish early. You're supposed to finish at five. Uh-huh. So you should thank me. You say a very big thank you. <laughs> yeah. I want you to hold hands, hold hands with the person next to you, and just pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. Ask for grace for them. Ask for protection for them. Ask for God to help them. Father, I thank you for all your precious people. Thank you, Father, for each and every one of us. Say, Lord, we pray for grace. We ask for strength. We ask for protection. We ask that, Lord, the little we have learned, help us to implement and bind our hearts together. Knit us together. Help us to create the culture, Lord God. And together by, Lord God, the values we espouse. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit. Be our guide. Be our Lord. Be our helper, our protector. Give us insight. Open our eyes. Deliver us from the evil one, Lord. Help us love one another, care for one, support one another, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Even as we go home, Lord, to our various homes, let us not forget one another. But Lord, when people's mind crop up, let us pray for them. Let us bless them. 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen.